pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bill Morgan in for Pam today on the Monday edition of Canton's Morning News from 1480 WHBC. Happy to be joined on this Monday before Thanksgiving by author Jeff Perlman. His latest book, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. Jeff, good morning. Uh, you've written a number of New York Times bestsellers. When you were sort of, I guess, going through the thought process for this book, what made you decide on Bo Jackson? Um, well, I grew up with a lot of Bo Jackson sort of love as a kid. Um, I had the Bo Jackson posters in my wall. I was really sort of intrigued by this idea of this larger-than-life Herculean athlete doing two sports. So, so when, when you, you enter modern times and you think, well, who should I write about? A lot of times I actually do return to my childhood uh, bedroom and look around the room or try to imagine who I was intrigued by then and see if I'd still be intrigued by him, and that was him. And when we talk about Bo's success on the professional level, Jeff, obviously he had uh, more success in Major League Baseball than he did in the NFL because of injuries. But uh, when he was healthy in the NFL, he was tremendous. What were some of the things you maybe learned on both the football and baseball sides uh, that you didn't know prior to diving into the book? Well, I mean, so many things. Um, in football, it's very funny. He showed up with the Raiders in 1987. Uh, having not played for about a year and a half. And he's in camp with the Raiders, and Tom Flores is the head coach. And he has Bo run a 40 on grass and pads, and he does it in 419. And no one believes it. So they have him do it again, and he runs it in 417. And just so for, for people who might not grasp the magnitude of that, like Tyreek Hill, who's outweighed, he's probably about 40 pounds lighter than Bo, and is the unambiguous fastest man in the NFL now, doesn't run a 417 without pads. I mean, he was that fast. And then, uh, actually, in baseball, his first ever major league at bat was uh, September 2nd, 1986, against the White Sox. And Bo beats out a ground ball to second for his first major league hit in his first at bat. And um, behind the home plate are a bunch of scouts, and they all check their watches, and nobody believes what they're looking at because they all got a 3-6. The 3-6 is the second fastest time for home to first by a right-handed hitter in the history of major league baseball. And it was Bo's first at bat. So his combination of speed, power, effort, et cetera, are just unparalleled. Jeff Perlman, our guest, his latest book, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. You can get it on Amazon here locally, up on the strip books a million. You can get it there as well. What about uh, Bo the man? What did you find most interesting in terms of away from the playing field, Jeff, about Bo Jackson? Well, I think the overcame is pretty amazing. He was one of 11 kids, best from Alabama, um, single mom who worked three jobs as a maid. He had a severe stutter. He was held back as a kid. He grew up in a three-room house, sleep, usually sleeping on the floor, waking up sometimes with burn marks because he would roll up against the wood-burning stove in the, in the house. There was an outhouse off, off, you know, off the property that he had to use. Just a real sort of hard scrabble upbringing and what he overcame, truly what he overcame is pretty freaking remarkable. Most kids in his shoes in that position 
wound up working in the mines. Uh, it was a mining town, Bessemer, Alabama. That he was able to escape and overcome is just, I mean, beyond remarkable. Jeff, let's talk a little bit about you. I know you're here to talk about the book, but uh, in doing some research and following you on social media, I realized and found out that you recently dove in to the acting world, tied into another one of your books, and uh, I guess there was a little bit more to it than maybe you thought there was going to be. That's funny. Yeah, well, I did. I play a, a reporter in an upcoming episode of Winning Time, which is the HBO series based on my show, and um, it's pretty funny. I I was there for a day. They take the same, you know, you're in one scene, and they probably shoot it 100 times. And by scene number 50, you just want to get out of there. And the funny thing is I didn't write about this is I wore a pretty heavy-duty wig, and they glued so they glued a wig and sideburns to my head. And the next day I had a severe allergic reaction to the glue, and my head blew up to looking like a freaking tomato. <laughs> not, only, like, not only was I there from, you know, 10 in the morning till about 9 at night, but the next day I woke up looking, you know, like you could squeeze pulp out of me. Well, you know, you never know what you're going to get into when you haven't done something before. So uh, if you delve back into the acting world, no more wigs, right? No more wigs. I mean, look, I got to play a reporter named Jeff in a TV show based on the book that I wrote, you know, a reporter named Jeff. Um, it was one. It's still one of the coolest experiences of my life. The aftermath was just a little bit painful. Jeff, when you talk about uh, people who are interested in uh, being an author, being a reporter, I think there are so many people, much like something like acting or being a rock star, um, they want to get into that. They want to head in that direction. What kind of advice, and I know I think you do a, a podcast tied into younger writers, what kind of advice do you give people who want to be a writer, want to be an author uh, in terms of a path to travel that could lead to success? Um, I think for young people, the thing you need to do, so I'm 50, and I always think like the, uh, I always tell students, I teach an adjunct class out here, you have to be able to show people my age that you know how to do something we don't. So show us that you know how to master whatever the next TikTok is going to be. Show us that you have access to certain sports that maybe we're not thinking about. Um, you just really, you want to be forward thinking. And the other thing is, is you, you, you just have to be really open-minded. Like you can't be, this is going to sound simple, but I really mean it. You can't be presumptuous as a journalist. You can't be racist. You can't be sexist. You can't be, you pick your phobia. Like you can't have it. You just have to be as open-minded as can be. That means if you're a diehard in your heart, you're very liberal, that you can walk into a Trump rally and be open-minded about listening to people and vice versa all across the board. I just think being open-minded to hearing other people is incredibly, incredibly important and overlooked in this business. Jeff Perlman, our guest, his latest book out now, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth, The Bo Jackson. And, uh, Jeff, uh, one final, it's not really a question. I kind of hate it when people in the media say a question and they make a statement. But could you tell a, a little bit about um, your experiences, and this goes back into your past uh, sports writing life before you became an author, but um, your experiences with, John Rocker. Uh, I've read you talking about it. I've heard some stuff you talking about it. It's really kind of fascinating. Yeah, I feel like nobody remembers him anymore, which is kind of nice. But back in 1999, there was a baseball player from the Atlanta Braves, John Rocker. And he was kind of a racist uh, jerk of a player. And Sports Illustrated signed me to write a profile on him. And I wound up spending, I don't know, six or seven hours driving around Georgia with him. 
and all he did was, you know, spew racist venom and, you know, homophobic and et cetera, et cetera. Just a really disgusting kind of guy. And sort of what I just related to, like, it's my job to sit there and just listen. Like, it's not my job to tell him I think he's wrong, which I did. You know, I did think, but it, he just listened. So we're driving for hours and hours around Georgia, and everything he's saying is disgusting. I mean, one of the first things that happens on that trip is we're driving down a highway, and there's a car in front of us that's kind of driving erratically. And he looks at me, and he criticizes Asian women. He says, Asian women can't drive. And we pull up alongside the car, and it's a white man driving. The car. <laughs> so, you know, it was just an utterly ridiculous experience. And, and the story blew up and kind of went viral in a pre-viral age. Um, uh, it's still a stank. I try not to smell. Jeff, I guess one final question tied into that. Uh, you're pretty open about uh, your faith. Uh, you're Jewish. Did he pop off with any uh, anti-Semitic stuff while you were with him? No, actually, that's funny. I did not. He um, Maybe he knew I was Jewish and he held back, or maybe he, I don't know, maybe he has a friendly rabbi in the British clubhouse, I don't know. But no, that was one, the one area he didn't go into, actually, shockingly. If I go over the checklist, he pretty much hit every minority group you can imagine, but not Jews. He needs to spend more time with uh, Kanye West, maybe. We'll have to wait and see if that ever plays out. He is the author of The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. Uh, Jeff, certainly we appreciate your time. Hope you have a great holiday season. All right. Thank you so much, you too.